May it please the court. The district court erroneously denied Joshua Brown's motion to suppress evidence stemming from the traffic stop of his orange motorcycle on July 18, 2020 in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. This case presents, in my view, an interesting question. And that question is, just how suspicious is it when a motorist is operating a vehicle that is a different color than motor vehicle registration records would suggest that it should be? The district court in this case concluded that that uh, color discrepancy between the actual color of Mr. Brown's motorcycle versus registration records was enough as a primary basis for a stop to support reasonable suspicion of possible theft or a registration-related violation. Briefly, I'll go over some of the material facts here with limited time. This is a stop that occurred just before 5 a.m. Again, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa's second largest city. It occurred in a neighborhood adjacent to Interstate 380. This particular officer in question did not observe Mr. Brown commit any traffic violations. Uh, he didn't know it was Mr. Brown on the motorcycle. What he saw was an orange motorcycle at an early hour, and he was just curious, so he did a U-turn, sped up. If you watch Exhibit 1, the government's uh, exhibit at the suppression hearing, the dash cam video, you can see he speeds up quite a bit to catch up with Mr. Brown, see what was going on. He gets close enough that he can ascertain the license plate. He calls that license plate in, and he hears back from dispatch that that particular license plate corresponds to a registration for a blue, not an orange, 2004 Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Now, the officer can't tell, according to him, what the make or model of the motorcycle that Mr. Brown was driving, but nonetheless, primarily based on that color discrepancy, he opts to conduct a traffic stop. This traffic stop occurs when Mr. Brown pulls into the property at 2003 3rd Street Southwest in house in a neighborhood the officer was generally familiar with. Soon into the stop, the officer finds that Mr. Brown's in, in unlawful possession of a firearm, and that's how we get to where we are. Mr. Brown's argument is that a color discrepancy between the actual color of the vehicle and registration records is not a primary basis for reasonable suspicion, and thus the district court erred in denying the motion to suppress. Now, this is not an issue that this court has dealt with in the past, but as you can see from the party's briefing, uh, many courts have, mostly state courts, and some come out in Mr. Brown's direction, and some certainly come out in the government's direction. So, to some degree, this court's decision may be dependent on which set of precedents it finds most compelling. But I do think this court has dealt with an analogous situation that I think provides support for Mr. Brown's position. And that is in the Clinton versus Garrett and McLemore cases that I cited in my reply brief. There, the issue was whether the, an officer's inability to make out the information on an in-transit sticker in a high crime area was enough for reasonable suspicion for a traffic stop. Coincidentally, both stops happened in Iowa as well. And this court held that that is not enough for reasonable suspicion. Here's why I think that's analogous. There may be nefarious reasons that an officer can't ascertain the information on an in-transit sticker. The vehicle could be stolen. The motorist could be trying to obscure the information. They could be up to no good. But there are also, of course, non-nefarious reasons why an officer might not be able to make out the information on an in-transit tag. They just possibly not be able to see it. And the same holds true with a color discrepancy. 
as was established at the suppression hearing, there are any number of innocent reasons why there may be a discrepancy between the actual color of the vehicle and what the, what the, what the officer is seeing as the actual color of the vehicle, because some vehicles have multiple colors, versus registration records. And there may also be nefarious reasons for that color discrepancy. But as a primary basis for a stop, that is not enough alone. It's not suspicious enough on its own, at least without a discrepancy with respect to the make or model of the vehicle, which we didn't have here. The officer didn't have that information. That is not enough as a primary basis for a traffic stop. Now, the government makes much of, and of course the district court did too, the experience that this officer testified to, both his own experience, but even more so, I think, the experience of other officers in Cedar Rapids uh, with respect to either suspected motor vehicle theft in this area around the traffic stop or registration-related violations. But I would submit that the court should not make much of that information. This was not a terribly experienced officer who made the traffic stop. I think he'd been forced for about three years as of when this stop occurred. But it was clear, you watched Exhibit 1, it's clear that this officer was intent on stopping Mr. Brown regardless where he stopped. Um, and the fact that the stop occurred at 2003 Third Street Southwest and there was prior activity there is of minimal importance because at the time that the officer made the stop, he knew of no connection between those prior cases and this particular motorcycle. He wasn't following up on the report of the stolen orange motorcycle. He didn't know it was Mr. Brown on the motorcycle. So those prior stops really had nothing to do with the basis for this officer's stop. But, but isn't that, <clears throat> aren't you getting over into the area of, of subjective knowledge of law enforcement rather than, the, rather than objective? Well, the officer... I mean, law, law enforcement was aware. It was known to law enforcement that uh, it was a high crime area. There had been a number of cases within the past year um, where the license plates did not match <coughs> the, uh, the vehicles and uh, other cases involving stolen motorcycles at the very, almost the very lo same location. I mean, that was known to law enforcement, wasn't it? And if this officer had been following up on any of those cases with any information that was particularized to Mr. Brown, then yeah, there'd be a basis for the stop, but he wasn't doing that here. And moreover, I would, I would uh, disagree with the notion that this was necessarily a high crime area. As I said in my briefs, the government went back about a year from this traffic stop and found various stops that occurred a mile or about a mile or even in some cases more than a mile away from where this traffic stop occurred. Two things, that, that doesn't matter much if we don't know about proportionality. If we don't have a sense that more often than not, a person driving through this neighborhood with a color discrepancy in their vehicle versus registration records is engaged in criminal activity. Because it doesn't mean much if officers stopped or approached 10 different people uh, and they were engaged in criminal activity and they fit this profile, if we don't know the officer stopped 300 other people and they found that there was nothing nefarious about the circumstances presented. Did and you ask the officer that question? Counsel below asked a lot of questions about the officer's awareness of certain statistics. And um, understandably, the officer said he didn't, he didn't necessarily know 
you know, where Cedar Rapids fit in with respect to other places. Well, and what I'm talking about, doesn't the government say at least 10? And it wasn't Officer Moore's testimony at least 10, right? Something like that. that that's not really important. Yeah, so I, did, I, did defense counsel ask the follow-up, well, how many is, does that relate to? Apparently. I don't remember precisely. Okay. There are a number of questions about it's this. Fine. It's yeah. fine. Your time is those lines. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, certainly. So, um, and the, the second point is, this, again, this, this stop occurred in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, second largest city in Iowa, right next to an interstate. So I don't know that this is a high crime area because I don't know how those 10 stops fit in with the rest of Cedar Rapids or how they fit in with the rest of Iowa and the rest of the nation. I, I would be nervous if it was enough for the government to defend a stop if they're able to go back a year and find a bunch of stops that are kind of similar that resulted in criminal activity if we don't know how often innocent people fit that same profile. And that's why I don't think there was reasonable suspicion. I know, I know it's not particularly relevant, um, but I'm just curious. Was it ever determined whether this was a registration problem or a, had it, it had been repainted problem? So the, I believe the bottom line, Mr. Schumel can correct me if I'm wrong, was that Mr. Brown admitted that he kept the old license plates on the motorcycle because he was a, a bar driver. And I don't know how that fit in, but that's what I got from the transcript of the there are further questions, I reserve the remaining time for both. Very well. <coughs> May it please the court, counsel. Uh, my name is Mark Tremel, assistant U.S. attorney, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, I'd like to start with, there's a lot of focus here on repainting vehicles, but Officer Moore testified there are a number of reasons why there could be a, a color discrepancy. Um, five reasons why plates would be on the wrong vehicle, and consider how a person's actions could lead to each of these things. One reason is the registration had expired, so a person has a plate on the vehicle after his registration expires. Second is the person has a suspended, revoked, or barred license. You can't give you a license and so takes a plate from another vehicle. That person does that. Third thing is the person could move plates to a new vehicle before the transfer paperwork was done. So when you have an old vehicle with a license plate, you take the license plate off the old vehicle, you move them onto a new vehicle, uh, you've got a certain number of days under the Iowa code, but the code says you have to pay fees, you have to go to the treasurer's office, you have to get a registration and title. If the person moves the plate over, doesn't go through those things, uh, then that could cause that discrepancy. The person could buy multiple vehicles, put the plates on the wrong vehicles. That would not be an intentional a crime, it would be an accident, nevertheless it would be a person's action. And then a person could also steal a vehicle and put on different plates. There's also a couple of circumstances officer testified to where the plates could be in the right vehicle even though the color discrepancy existed. One is a person could repaint the vehicle and not report that to the DOT. Now there are, the magistrate court acknowledged there's some administrative regulations on that, but there's no law requiring that a person report DOT. So yes, a person could repaint the vehicle, not required under Iowa laws, not a crime, not to report that to the DOT. Also, the wrong vehicle color could be provided to the DOT. Um, that could be by the person, or it could be that uh, uh, that was just on the record already, or I think the defense investigator also talked, said that she had talked to someone at the DOT who said they, they could press the wrong button as well. But overall, these are a number of circumstances where an action taken by a person 
leads to a color discrepancy. Um, not, you know, it's different from the Florida tumor case where it said, well, this is like um, someone walking in a high crime area after midnight. That isn't, isn't that just saying someone could be in a bad circumstance? Here, there's actions that can be taken. The officer doesn't know when he's stopping the vehicle, which of those circumstances occurs. In this case, we have more than that. Officer Moore had testified about 10 cases where he had been involved, and then three cases that he was familiar with other officers were involved in. Um, of all those cases, he talked about four cases at that specific address on 3rd Street Southwest that involved, uh, some involved stolen vehicles, other registration color discrepancies. And then he talked about color discrepancies in different locations other than that address. Um, thefts, three cases uh, referenced on page 41 of our brief, and then also violations of chapter 321 of the Iowa Code. There's six of those cases on page 41 of our, our brief. I'd like to address... Uh, Does the record show whether he was aware of those instances at the time of this stop, or is that information he gathered after the fact? Um, I don't recall precisely if there was testimony about which specific ones he recalled. I know the defense cross-examined him about, did you have all of these in your mind all the time? And he basically said, we do have a list of stolen vehicles that are out that we go over when we begin our shift. I talked to other officers. I'm aware of some of these cases, but I don't recall if there's specifically, I knew about this case. I did not know about, about this case. He was, uh, uh, he, so I don't recall the specifics on, on that, Your Honor. Um, regarding um, the McLemore and Garrett cases, I'd uh, like to respond to that. Um, Garrett summarized McLemore, and this is on page 1141, that's where the officer saw a vehicle with a dealer advertising plate instead of a real rear license plate and a temporary paper card taped to the inside of the left rear window. Officer radioed another officer that she had seen no violations yet. They asked about the card in the back window. The officer said, you can see a plate, but you can't <coughs> read what's on it. After she says that, the other officer says, there you go, and then she makes the stop. Well, uh, this court determined that Iowa Code said, uh, under the Iowa Code, it is not a violation not to be able to read a tag. If the tag is fraudulent, that's different, but not being able to read it is not a violation. And this court in Garrett, citing McLemore, said, we focused on the fact that Officer Del Valle relied on her inability to read the tag rather than her observation of a possible legal defect in deciding to stop the vehicle. Um, McLemore stands for the proposition that it is a constitutional violation to stop a vehicle merely because it has a temporary tag without a particularized basis for suspecting the tag is in violation of Iowa law. Iowa Code specifically provides for a temporary tag. It says you have a dealer plate, you can have a temporary tag, and this statement here is that you can't stop someone simply because there's a temporary tag, right, which is legal, which is provided for in Iowa law, she couldn't read the tag, not being able to read it, whatever the other legibility requirements are that didn't apply there. In Clinton v. Garrett, the district court noted that the officer admitted that he stopped the vehicle because he couldn't see what was on the tag, not because of a mistaken belief that it was blank or fraudulent. This case is different. In this case, there's no question that Officer Moore saw an orange motorcycle and came back to a blue Harley Davidson. Okay? There's no question factually about that discrepancy. 
and the issue is whether we are going to focus on one innocent explanation um, that the defense argues is innocent, that it's repainting the vehicle and not reporting it to DOT, or whether we look at um, all of the different possibilities that the officer was aware of um, based on his prior experience. There are cases on both sides of this. Um, on the cases on the defense side of this, some of them are limited just to theft, so they don't really look at um, state um, vehicle code, some of these. Um, many of these cases focus on the possibility of a repainting. And some of these cases also say that the government didn't provide enough uh, evidence, didn't provide enough training experience to the officer, which uh, certainly uh, that uh, we provided uh, that here. Um, as I noted before, there is a difference between um, uh, a circumstance like walking after midnight and someone who takes an action with respect to a license plate or a car, and that action causes the color discrepancy. There's a lot of talk about statistics here. Um, and the defense attorney asked a lot of questions to Officer Moore about statistics on um, thefts. Well, this would be very difficult if this were our standard. If the standard were, would it be theft convictions? Would it be theft charges? What about if the underlying reports were the theft? Then you have to look at Iowa vehicle. What, what you have to get um, uh, 321.98, 321.99, 321.100. How many cases did you have where there was a color discrepancy that led to that? Would you again be looking at convictions? Would you be looking at, at pleas? Would you be looking at the fact that it was underlying but ended up not being uh, charged? Uh, and then that doesn't account for regional you know, issues about uh, are there statistics on a certain part of town? It's going to be very difficult for an officer on the street to be able to have all those available if our reasonable suspicion determination is based on statistics, like the defense was asking the officer about on the stand, where the officer didn't have answers to the questions of those statistics. In this case, um, we not only have the color discrepancy, we also have the detailed uh, testimony about his experience and what he talked to other officers about, about the correlation between that and theft, and also the violations of the Iowa Vehicle Code, and significantly his testimony about stolen vehicles and um, registration discrepancies at the specific address on 3rd Street Southwest. So based on all of uh, that, um, there was reasonable suspicion in this case. Uh, if the court does not have any other questions, you know, uh, we would ask that the court affirm. None. Thank you, Mr. Trummel. Mr. Hanson, we'll give you a couple of minutes. Thank you, In response to a question from you, Judge Bender, to Mr. Trummel with respect to what this officer had in his head at the time of the stop, at pages 50 and 51 of the suppression hearing transcript, defense counsel asked him if he had these specific cases in mind when he conducted the traffic stop. And he said no. He was operating based off of a general impression of the area and his experience. So that's no different than the high crime rationale that we normally see in these cases. This officer wasn't operating again, like I said before, based off of following up on specific cases. With respect to Mr. Chemmel's attempt to distinguish McLemore and Clinton versus Garrett, clearly these are different uh, alleged violations that form the basis for the stop in Lackamore and Clinton versus this case. But it's analogous because, as 
Mr. Chung said it's not illegal to have necessarily a temporary tag that an officer cannot see. An officer just can't pull you over to ascertain whether it's legitimate or not. The same is true here. As Mr. Chung admitted, it's not illegal to have a color discrepancy between your vehicle and what registration records say because you're not required to update that information with the Iowa DOT. So, by extension, you're not allowed to pull over the motorist and ask questions later to ascertain whether this is a legitimate reason for a color discrepancy or whether there's some illegal behavior going on because it's just not suspicious enough. And I think there's some aspect of the district court's opinions below um, of, well, this officer observed this color discrepancy. It could have been for nefarious reasons. What is he to do? Is he just to ignore it? And the answer is no. He could have easily waited 45 minutes until the sun rose, told other officers what he observed, and gathered additional bases, additional particularized bases to suspect Mr. Brown of wrongdoing. As it is, he wasn't entitled to effectuate the stop based on the information that he had, and the district court's order denying the motion especially be reversed. Thank you. Very well. Thank you, counsel. We appreciate your appearance and argument today. The case is submitted and we'll decide it in due course.